0: Good morning and a warm welcome to the presentation of ACAST Report for the third quarter of 2023. Our CEO, Ross Adams, and CFO, Emily Viat will present the results and developments for the quarter. You can ask questions throughout the whole presentation by typing them in the text box below on your screen, and we will answer them in the Q&A session after the presentation. Now, I'd like to hand over to our CEO, Ross Adams.
1: Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to our report for the third quarter of 2023. Uh, in case you are new to our calls, I'm Ross Adams, the CEO of ACAST and based in New York. Uh, but today I'm in our Stockholm podcast studio. Um, our CFO, Emily Velat and I will take you through the numbers and events for the past quarter. Um, ACAST is the market leading independent global infrastructure platform in podcasting. And our vision is to empower anyone, anywhere to connect through and create value from podcasting. Uh, We are uniquely positioned at the center of the podcasting value chain, connecting advertisers with podcast creators who want to monetize their content and their highly engaged audiences. Through our work on building the world's most valuable podcasting marketplace, we have achieved success in generating substantial revenue streams from our marketplace, and we have built a solid portfolio of over one hundred thousand podcasts with a total of one point three billion listens per quarter, equating to some two point five billion monthly impressions available on our platform. Around 2,300 advertisers in the form of global brands and smaller companies reach these listeners with effective and creative advertising campaigns via a marketplace. During this third quarter we've held firm on our journey towards profitability with keen management cost management and several fresh approaches and we've set the stage for profitability and revenue growth combined. We're delivering a positive revenue growth momentum with North America being a particularly strong driver of this trend in the quarter. Equally encouraging our operational loss reduce year on year for the third consecutive quarter, uh, this time significant. Now, during the third quarter, ACAS grew by 32 percent and organic growth reached 26 percent, marking an uptick from the second quarter. The gross margin amounted to 35 percent. And we see continued good development uh, of all our products, as well as an increasing share of SaaS revenues from Podchaser, impacting the gross margin positively. We also saw some negative impact on the gross margin related to some specific large podcast contracts. The EBITDA result improved for the third quarter in a row, and the EBITDA margin is now in the single digits region at minus 6%. And we are on track towards profitability. And I'm proud of the way that we are are able to deliver both growth and profit improvement in the context of the current market. It is still too early to point with certainty to the uh, the moment of broad recovery and upswing in the world's advertising markets. But despite the macroeconomic backdrop, we continue to strengthen our position as the global independent market leader in podcasting. Uh, we are increasing our effectiveness of podcast advertising every single day especially through our product-led initiatives from both the acast and Podchaser teams uh, one driver of our work is the uh, approaching death of the cookie in digital advertising third-party cookies have long been a cornerstone of the advertising industry used to track and target online ads But privacy concerns continue to grow and more and more companies are choosing to protect their users data from third party cookies and cookies are set to die um, out of advertising by the end of next year. So without the ability to track users across the web, advertisers must find new ways to reach their audiences. Podcasts represent an emerging channel within advertising that is ideally positioned to thrive in a cookie free world. Our progress has been supercharged through the acquisition of Podchaser, the most comprehensive podcast database in the industry. Earlier this year, we launched Collections Plus, an AI-powered data capability that increases advertisers' reach in podcasts. Collections Plus pulls data from the widest range of sources across podcasting, including hosting platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Sp- Spotify Category and Chart Data, IB categories, surveys, and transcriptions to offer the richest verticals in podcasting for advertisers to target instead of targeting individual users. In the third quarter, this feature was further developed through predictive demographics. Uh, an offering that optimizes advertisers ability to target the most relevant audiences based on a data driven analysis of the language within the episodes. Uh, In other words, an advertiser can increase the reach and accuracy of their advertising by discovering and targeting completely new podcasts and audiences relevant to their goals. By doing so, we can increase our advertising sales in Smaller and medium sized podcasts, and thus scale up our advertising sales further. And again, we're able to target users through context and language. I would also note here that our product teams are using AI thoughtfully to advance the advertising experience for all. Optimizing our processes and enhancing the scalability of our ad sales is central to shaping ACAST's future. And by adopting automated sales flows, the foundation for building long-term growth is strengthened. The development of ACAST's self-serve advertising platform is a good example of how we're increasing scalability. And I am delighted by the very positive reception, which has led us to already reach our full-year revenue target for this new sales channel in the third quarter. During the quarter, we launched AdCollab a tool that enables advertisers and podcast creators to collaborate in real time to create host-read sponsorship campaigns. Through Collab, the podcasters and advertisers can create host-reads together within the ACAST product, reducing the time and resources needed from the ACAST sales teams. Early test results show an 85% time improvement in the process of booking and producing this type of ad. In the third quarter we entered into new agreements with warner brothers discovery and luminary two leading podcast publishers which each bring a slate of premium popular and high-profile shows to our marketplace Acast has entered into a partnership with luminary previously a paywall only podcast provider to increase the reach of select uh, selected luminary original podcasts across any podcast app six shows including joking not joking with mo amir and as our Usman and How I'm Asaba with Masaba Gupta um, are now being made available to listeners on all platforms via Acast. Acast will also serve as Luminary's exclusive monetization partner for these podcasts across all platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the likes of Amazon Music. Additionally, Luminary will leverage Acast Plus Access, the capability which allows subscribers to access exclusive gated content on the listening app, of their choice. ACAST has entered into a new partnership also with Warner Brothers Discovery to become the exclusive distribution and monetization partner of its podcasts. The Deal makes podcasts from uh, Food Network, TLC, HGTV, Animal Planet, Discovery Channel and Travel Channel, including Curiosity Daily, Food Network Obsessed, A Ghost Ruined My Life with Eli Roth and many more available to advertisers through ACAST's marketplace. By adding even more household um, name brands to our already extensive marketplace, we increase our attractiveness to both advertisers and podcast creators. Alongside such important new partnerships, uh, we're continuing and continually strengthening our existing relationship with our largest podcasters who hold a lot of appeal to advertisers. Here is just a snapshot of some of the creators across the world that renewed their agreements with Acast in Q3. The podcasts shown here alone represent over 12 million monthly listens uh, in our marketplace. And this evidences the depth of our relationships with our creators and the high-level levels of satisfaction that we afford them across monetizing and growing their shows as we continue to focus on monetizing the inventory we have. An additional development within the podcasting industry, which impacts advertising effectiveness, is Apple's rollout of iOS 17. This rollout delivers more accurate insight into podcast listening frequency, benefiting our entire industry. We expect a short-term decrease in the number of overall listens on the Apple podcast app um, and an increase in the average revenue per listen. I'll now hand over to Emily to talk you through our financial performance for the quarter in more detail. Emily.
2: Thank you, Ross. All right, let's have a look at the numbers. So we can conclude that the monetization of our portfolio podcast continues to improve. As our poll or average revenue per listen grew by 36% to 0.33 SEKs in the quarter. Listens decreased by some 3% compared to Q3 of 2022 with a minor impact from the iOS 17 rollout that Ross just mentioned. Revenues grew by 32% in the quarter despite mixed um, advertiser sentiment. And it should be noted that Q3 of 2022 represented an easier con, but we're still happy with our growth against the macroeconomic backdrop. Organic growth was 26% in the quarter as Podchaser contributed 1% and FX contributed a further 5% to reported revenue growth. As Ross mentioned, the Ross margin in the period was stable at 35%, but there were some solid underlying improvements. We did see a 5% negative impact on the gross margin in the quarter as the performance of certain larger podcast guarantee contracts were um, affected um, and are affected by Apple's ongoing rollout of iOS 17. This also means that our underlying gross margin in the quarter was a healthy 40%. And our ongoing product development growth in the SaaS revenues and successful implementation of the likes of Collections Plus and our predictive demographics these initiatives do support our longer term gross margin development. Now, when it comes to segment performance, North America remains an important growth driver, where net sales growth increased by 55% and the profit contribution margins saw an improvement to 5% in the quarter compared to the negative 27% in the same quarter of last year. Europe is also holding its own, considering a more subdued prevailing advertiser sentiment and delivered 25% net sales growth in Q3. The profit contribution from Europe was impacted by uh, the podcaster contracts mentioned earlier to the tune of 22 million SK. Other markets delivered 24% net sales growth and a marginal increase in contribution profits. So um, in an advertising market where many players struggle with growth, we are growing at this pace which I think validates our position and and execution of our strategy. We are, of course, managing our operating expenses in a diligent way, and as a result, OPEX decreased by 11% year-on-year overall. You'll note that the ACAST FTE and FTC count at the end of the quarter was 374, which is a continued reduction compared to previous quarters. And we are continuously managing our fixed costs, Whilst making deliberate decisions around discretionary spend to support our growing business. Moving on to EBITDA, we do remain on track towards profitability. And in the quarter, EBITDA improved to negative 26 million SEKs, which is a significant improvement on the prior year when we had some negative 99 million SEKs. The EBITDA margin, again in the single digits, at negative 6% compares favorably to the negative 27% we delivered in the same quarter of last year. And actually without the impact from these podcast guarantee contracts, we would have been uh, quite close to break even in the quarter. So again, uh, we are on track towards hitting our profitability goal for the full year of 2024. Moving on to cash, we can report that uh, our balance sheet remains strong. And the cash flows from operating activities improved to negative 19 million SEKs compared to the negative 97 million SEKs in the same quarter last year. And overall, the cash balance as at the end of the quarter was a healthy 750 million SEKs. Uh, I've included a new slide in this presentation, which is an illustration of our operating uh, cash flows on a rolling 12-month basis. Which highlights the material improvement in cash flows that we've seen during the year. We ended 2022 with a negative 295 million SEKs and operating cash flows for the 12 months during 2022. And as at Q3 2023, so this quarter, looking back at the last 12 months, operating cash flows had improved by about two thirds to negative 91 million SEKs. Um, I'm happy with our program. Ross,
1: back to you. Thank you, Emily. Um, in the spirit of improving investor transparency, we are now publishing quarterly consensus estimates collated from our bank analysts at ABG, Barclays, and Carnegie, uh, as well as a crowdsource retail consensus from Pinpoint. And these are available on investors.acast.com. So please do have a look at those if you're interested in market estimates. And we're also continuing to focus on driving scale and efficiency in our ad operations, and we'll be rolling out more tools to support our automation and efficiency goals. Uh, now, let's go to the Q and A. So, if you want to post a question, feel free to type them in the box below.
0: Thank you. Uh, we'll start with a, a couple of questions from Andreas at Carnegie. Um, first of all, regarding the 2024 target, what is key for you to achieve um, EBITDA break-even? There is some upside to the upper end of the gross margin range but how would you see opex to be stable from the current run rate and how can you further scale sales growth at unchanged sales and marketing
2: for instance so what we need to get to our full year profitability next year is is simple we do need continued growth um and we do need to manage our cost line to your point andreas um, we have seen a positive underlying development in our gross margin in this quarter, which uh, um, continued to support the cost. Now, we don't guide on costs, specifically quarter by quarter or year on year, but uh, we do maintain focus on um, managing our fixed costs and making deliberate decisions around discretionary spend um, as we progress. So what's needed is, is um, continued growth and uh, continued diligent cost management with some support from the gross margin. Great. And another question from Andreas.
0: Um, You have reached the automation targets for the year, yet the gross margin is declining both sequentially and year on year. Should we not see positive impact on gross
2: margin from increased automation in sales channels? Uh, the uh, improved automation gives us operating leverage. So that's uh, supports our EBITDA margin, but it does not directly impact our gross margin. The gross margin is mainly impacted by our product mix. So whether we sell uh, ads that are typically sold at 50-50 splits, or whether we sell uh, host red sponsorships, which are typically sold at 37 splits, and then of course combined with um our uh growing sauce and ad tech and non-ad and revenue lines but the automation supports our ability to grow revenues faster than our operating expenses so in essence delivering operating leverage and supporting our path to ebitda profitability
0: Another question from Carnegie. What exactly happens in the iOS 17 update and how is it impacting listens?
1: Yeah, I mean, the iOS update implies um, a change to how um, podcast episodes are downloaded on mobile devices, which in turn, of course, affects the, the measurement of listens um, in the long term. The change will mean a more accurate picture uh, of the listening frequency for each podcast, which is a positive development for um, the industry, actually, as as a whole. Uh, But in the short term, we expect a decrease in the number of overall uh, listens um, and an increase in the average revenue per listen. You know, for us, it's about monitoring this super closely. And, uh, you know, although it's too early to say how large the impact will be, we estimate um, an overall drop to listens by around 10% in Q4. Um, but I'm happy to note that, you know, and as I've spoken about in previous quarters, you know, it's all about the unique uh, listens, listeners and the unique users. And that continues to increase month on month. So we're reaching a, a larger audience month on month, um, which is where we pay close attention.
0: Um, we have a question from Emily. Um, you referenced the podcasts which have resigned with ACAST during Q3. Have you seen any podcasts leaving the platform?
2: We do have uh, some churn in our uh, podcasting portfolio. I think that's natural when you yeah. have around 100,000 podcasts. But our churn in our uh, podcasting portfolio has been low historically and it continues to be low.
0: Thank you. Um, and we have a question here from uh, Richard at Rete. Uh For Ross, can you give us a sense of scale of the Luminary and Warner Brothers deals? What sort of ad revenue were those publishers doing before?
1: I mean, if you, if you look at Luminary, Luminary is completely ad-free prior to um, the deal with us. So this is the first time that their shows are available on all platforms outside of um, of um, uh, their kind of subscription service. So. Um, Scale-wise, it's it's a brand new thing, so we're kind of watching that as they um, are, uh, distribute further and wider. Um, but that's a great opportunity because they have some very strong shows um, uh, behind their paywall, which are now in the open ecosystem. And again, for, for Warner Brother, you know, this is a, a brand new deal. We're looking at uh, the kind of scale that brings, but they have a huge amount of shows and some very popular shows. So this is um great scale for us, but I, I, we don't talk about individual reach of each of our, our networks, but it's um, we're very pleased with those signs.
0: And um, another question uh, from Richard, uh, what are the further levers you can point to which might lift gross margin? Is podchaser too small to impact gross margin?
2: Not at all. Um, I think the combination of Podchaser's added SaaS revenues with the synergies that we're seeing in combining and joining our forces between podcast uh, Podchaser and ACAST um, uh, with the innovation of the likes of Collections Plus and protective demographics. Uh, these things support our gross margin. Uh, now we're already seeing that in the quarter and, and into the future. So we're, we're happy with uh, with the contribution and the progress.
0: Another question from Emily, how much of your organic growth re-acceleration comes from increasing CPMs and sell through on existing podcasts versus new podcast signings? Um,
2: the main driver of our accelerated growth is, um, selling more on the portfolio that we have. CPMs have remained relatively stable during the year. Um, and this has been a function of increasing our central rate on the portfolio that we have.
0: Um, and we have a question here from Ramil on uh, minimum guarantee contracts. What is the strategy for signing new minimum guarantee contracts? Uh, and can you say anything about prices on uh, minimum guarantee contracts today compared to, say, 2021?
1: I mean, I think, you know, there was um, a period where, you know, there were a lot of contracts being signed at high levels um i think the times have changed since 2021 to now there'll still be very popular shows with very popular contracts but i think it, it you know the market allows us to um negotiate stronger con- contracts um in favor of the likes of you know Acast as a platform uh, also the strength that we have in the size of our marketplace and audience and how we can attract you know new advertisers and continue to grow you know, helps when it comes to renegotiating and negotiating new contracts with talent. Um, yeah.
0: And I have another question from Emily from a demand perspective. Is the organic growth coming from like for like ad spend um, increases at existing advertisers? Or is it also coming from new advertisers starting to spend with a
2: I'd say it's a mix of both. Yeah, uh, we are seeing new advertisers testing out uh, the media and we have advertisers that we've worked with for several years coming back um, and spending good amounts of money.
1: Yeah, I think self-service is a bit great example of how we've attracted a whole host of new advertisers. You know, you can spend as little as 250 bucks to to start a campaign there. So it allows a lot more advertisers to come into the space and trial it and, and then start to invest more. So, um, yeah.
0: And we've got some uh, questions from uh, Derek here. Uh, How has Q4 started and what is the outlook like heading into the important month of December?
2: Well, December is uh, always an an interesting uh, month. You can either have some last minute spending and sort of um, accelerate into that quarter. Or you can see some years we have seen um, uh, a tightening of budgets and and a holdback in December. So we're monitoring this closely. Clearly, there is mixed advertiser sentiment out there. Um, We're fortunate to have exposure in different geographies, so we don't have single geography exposure and um, but Q4, all things equal, should of course be the the biggest uh, quarter um, of the year.
0: Um, And links to that from Derek, can you give a market macro update based on what you're experiencing in your major markets?
2: I think we're experiencing similar trends um, that reflect the the general macroeconomic sentiment. We have seen um, some uh, um, positive data points in the US macroeconomic um, uh, climate, and we've also seen positive growth for us in North America as a whole. You can see that reflected in our Q3 numbers. Um, Europe's sentiment has been a little bit more. Subdued, but despite this, we are posting some 25% uh, uh, revenue growth in the quarter, which I think is a positive sign. Other markets as well. This is mainly Asia Pac, Australia, New Zealand, but also an, an international team posted 24% growth, which uh, which I think is a um, a good delivery as well. Um,
0: and then another question from Richard at Arete. Uh, following up on the sell through rate, uh, what's the rough fill rate now? And can you speak about the concentration of the top 10 advertisers
2: as a portion of sales? We have um, very, uh, so the fill rate has increased. Um, our uh, listens went down by 3%, but our average revenue. And went up by 36%. And that is largely driven by an increase in fill rates. The so CPMs have been, been largely stable. When it comes to single advertiser or single podcaster exposure, we do not have any advertiser nor any podcast that represents more than 10% of our marketplace. So the, So the key advertiser or key podcaster dependency remains low.
0: And we have a question here on uh, self-serve advertising from Anders, looking at self-serve ads, um, how low initial ad spend have you seen, um, have you so far seen being used by new advertisers and do you see that when new advertisers start acquiring ad space that the spend increases over time? Uh, Any uh, indicators during a three to six to nine month period?
1: I think I from the indicator point of view but i think you know we're definitely seeing new advertisers come into the space and trialing self-serve out from as little as 250 bucks as i mentioned earlier on and naturally i think when you try out a platform and a platform like podcasting that is um, brilliant for the likes of uh, acquisition we definitely see um, uh, an increased spend when they come back and return spend so um, uh, it's a great way to get new advertisers into the space and increase our overall uh, Advertise account.
0: Great, and specifically on ad tech from Ramil, um, can you talk a bit about your ad tech and what you're doing there to drive, um, e.g. programmatic sales?
1: I think programmatic we've led for a long time. Programmatic for us has um, been something we focused on. We knew that this is going to be a, a focal point for the industry. Um, we've been doing this for six, almost seven years now and lead the uh, every, you know, we lead kind of the entire market in programmatic. I think for us, it's looking at the likes of Um, AI demographics and how we're focusing on segmenting podcasts into different collections as well and operating and giving new targeting options to programmatic buyers. So we continue to invest heavily actually in our ad technology and the evolution of targeting within podcasting.
0: Another question from Anders. Uh, you're in a, quite a nice position um, with 750 million second cash and very close to cash flow positive. So, this means you might have excess cash. Do you have any uh, specific plans on how to use this excess cash to take ACAR to the next step and
2: increase growth in different ways? Uh, right now, we're laser focused on achieving our path profitability and the profits in 2024. Uh, but, of course, we are continually assessing our uh, cash position and our our capital allocation, be that towards organic growth initiatives um, or other uh, strategic uh, elements right now. And you might have seen that in this quarter. We have continued to um, invest in our North American operation to, to further drive organic growth um, in the US business, for example, with uh, with with several new hires joining the team. So so that is uh, uh, one element where where we're seeing growth opportunity and investment at present time.
0: Uh, And a question from Peter around sales efficiency. So with the changes you are taking to make sales more efficient, could you please give us some insight on sales and marketing costs? It's been around 24.5 to 26% of sales during 2023. What level should you achieve over time?
2: We haven't guided specifically line by line, um, but you are right. We have invested in, in sales and marketing, um, and we um, will continue to make uh, bets around both the fixed uh, cost element and and our discretionary spend within sales and marketing. Typically, and this is this normal seasonality, sales marketing costs typically go up with with higher revenues in in Q4. So we just that. But over time, to the point around uh, building more scalable sales channels and uh, product enabled flows, this should deliver overall um, operating um, leverage over time, which um, also um, suggests that the percentage that we spend on sales and marketing as a percentage of revenues should naturally decrease over time. The nominal number um, may, of course, go up, but the percentage of uh, but the cost as a percentage of revenues in line with our our efficiency goals should decrease over time. But we, we have not guided to a specific number.
0: Thank you. Uh, and thank you for all your questions. I'll hand back over to Ross.
1: Right. Thanks very much. Um, and thank you, everyone, for attending this. Um, On February 12th, we will publish our year-end report for 2023 and uh, you are welcome to attend the presentation. don't forget to follow us on uh, investors.acast.com, our ACAST blog, or listen to our financial results, of course, as a podcast. And if you want to receive company data continuously to your inbox, please subscribe to press releases, news and financial reports on our Investor Relations web. Thanks very much.